Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, it's, it's more about, um, you know, things we do good, things we didn't do well. Um, it's about uh, uh, tendencies, um, you know, why we haven't been as good coming in, out of the second half. You know, what can we change there? Um <clears throat> You know, things like that. And welcome into Purple Access. As always, Zolgad, Star Tribune sports columnist, and my good buddy Chip Scoggins, executive producer extraordinaire Declan Goff, brought to you by our friends, at least Chip and I, our good friends at Surly Brewing Company, and also uh, by TCL TV. If you're not enjoying football on a TCL, you're doing it wrong. TCL is the place to watch all of your sporting events and everything else because they do television, right? All right, Chip Scoggins, the bye is done. The Vikings are three and three. Uh, and we now are are setting off on a journey of a, at least a four-game stretch that's going to be an incredibly telling stretch of games. What does your gut tell you about the Vikings going into Sunday night's game against the Dallas Cowboys? Um, I don't know. I don't know what this team is yet, Judd. I think they are getting better defensively. Um, but there's been enough, I don't know if it's hiccups or inconsistency, whatever you want to call it to, to, uh, say, I don't know what we're going to see. I think we're, you know, you're, you're facing this four game stretch where you're facing four what, playoff teams, right? Yeah. Um, four, four of the, uh, I wouldn't say the highest scoring offenses because the Vikings are ahead of some of them, but four really good quarterbacks. So I think we're going to have a better idea before by Thanksgiving, we're going to know what this team is. Are they a playoff team? Are they a team that's just inconsistent that shows the flashes um, of good flashes of bad. And so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, Mike Zimmer there in the, in the clip coming in, we're talking about the self scout that the coaches did during the bye, And he talked about a little bit yesterday when I was out there about um, and cousins addressed it too. Like, are you prepared for shootouts? And Cousins said, you know what? We got to be prepared for everything. I mean, you can't go into a game thing. It's going to be a certain way. You got to be able to adjust. And so I, I think we're going to see probably four high-scoring games. I just don't know that their defense is going to shut down any of these offenses. All right. That's a really interesting topic of discussion. Do you think that, most importantly, Mike Zimmer is prepared 
for shootouts because I do believe that for the Vikings too. So if we get to Thanksgiving and say, man, this team's really pretty good. Like, like they got off to a rocky start, but they're pretty good. I do believe that they're going to have to have the willingness to engage in, in high scoring games. Do you think the head coach has the stomach and the ability to make the pivot to that and accept it? I don't think he'll, he would like it. I think he would probably suffer through it, but I also think he probably understands, Hey, you got to do what you got to do to win. And I don't think he he would go into uh, a game saying, okay, let's air it out. Let's match him score for score. We're going to give up points. I don't think he's ever going to do that. I mean, I think he thinks um, the way his defense is playing now with the pass rush. It's interesting. I, we were talking about their stats, Judd. So they're defensively number one in sacks, number one in third down defense. And, uh, Andre Patterson said yesterday, second or third in pressures, overall pressures. So their their defensive line is actually doing what they thought they would do. But uh, run defense, twenty sixth in run defense, and red zone and red zone defense, twenty fourth. And Andre Patterson said that's been the one that's kind of been the most surprising. Is that typically they've been pretty good about keeping teams to field goals and even if you give up some yards, not let them score touchdowns, but they're, I think they're 24th in red zone defense. So they're giving up touchdowns here. And so it's been kind of a mixed bag with the defense. And so I think, you know, they are getting pressure. They're creating sacks. They're making it hard on quarterbacks, but they're, they haven't been good against the run. And so that's the thing that now in the next two weeks, Dallas and Baltimore, you're facing two of the top four rushing offenses. And so if they can't stop that, and both those teams can run, and then you can add, you know, everything else, the pass and all that. Um, here's my mom calling me for, on my birthday. <laughs> Sorry. Happy birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Chad. Yeah. I'll call ever. her back. <laughs> I'll call her back. Um, then, it, then it is going to be a shootout, Judd. But I don't, I don't think Zimmer is looking at it that way. You know, I, I think – so I think you're right for sure. The interesting thing to me about it is this. I don't think this, this – and – you know, the, the stats that you went through back this up, this defense is definitely not a train wreck. Like, it's not terrible. No. It definitely has some deficiencies, and it's not and, – and we aren't in 2017. But that being said, like, I don't think this would have to, to be Mike saying, okay, the defense stinks. It's just I thought it was going to be good because it, it doesn't. It does some good things. It also has some problems. Uh, but I do think it's going to take a change in the thought process to a certain point to embrace what could make this team successful, which is to, and I think we talked about this during the bye last week, which is to lean into what this offense does well, because the offense can be special. So like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a very fine line we're talking about here about it's not saying, well, the defense stinks and we're going to have to score 50 points. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a fine line between saying, realistically, Chipper, I think this defense is probably in fairness just outside of like top 10. So, you know, it's probably like 11th or 12th, but the offense has the potential to be top five. And can you, can you accept that? And can you, can you embrace that to get everything that you can from both sides of the football? Well, yeah, they're, uh, I looked at yesterday, they're 10th in scoring defense, 14th in scoring offense, which I would have guessed it would have been the other way around, right? You think the offense would would be higher than, and it should be, Judd. It should should be. Correct. Um, And I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's like, there's no way that this team should be an average scoring offense. And so um, I think a lot of that goes back to just 
what the philosophy be, has been in a couple of games, just, okay, real conservative, you know, in the halves, you're not going for it. You know, you're just content to run it out instead of trying to get more points. And so yep. that's where I think in those situations where if you have a, a lead, try to extend it. You know, don't just play it safe because you're facing offenses that are going to be able to score a lot of points. And so it's the it's the approach in that I don't think you can play it conservatively or safe against these next four teams because they're going to score points and you know it. So here's the weird thing about the discussion, and I'm with you on, I don't really know this team yet. Like, it's been a weird team, and I don't really know them yet. The weirdest thing about that statement, though, is, and I don't remember the last time I felt like this about a team across the board. I feel like I don't know what the coaching staff is going to to do. I actually think I know the personnel. Like, I know what guys are capable of. So it's not like, man, if they were only getting a lot more from player X, Y, and Z, I think I know what those guys can do. The most important thing that I'm curious to see starting on Sunday night is not what the is not what the self scout did as far as personnel. It's what the self scout did as far as potentially changing the thought process of the coaching staff to maximize what they can get from guys who I think I know what they can do. Yeah, well, that, that's 100. percent And um, you know, players don't call plays. <laughs> They're not. The- you know, they don't determine what they're going to do at the end of half or how they're going to handle game situation. They just, they just you know, run the plays that are called. And so you're right. Um, but I, I don't think, you know, Zimmer mentioned, they, you know, they study tendencies and, and why haven't they been good coming out of uh, halftime? Well, you know, I think a lot of people would say, don't run on second long. There's a tendency. I mean, right. change that up. But I, But are they willing to realize that, that's not working or, or is Zimmer going to say, just stick with it because this is who we are. This is our identity. I tend to think it's going to be more of that than a fundamental. And I, but I, I agree with you, John. I don't think that that's going to, I don't think that you can uh, be conservative and ball control and think that, that, you know, lean on Dalvin because some of these offenses are, that they're going to face are going to be quick strikes. Yep. And so you're going to have to be able to adjust. Yes. You just are. Yep. And, and if, if Mike sticks with that, so if Mike's like, damn it, these are my principles. I love defense. Our offense is good, but they're going to, to work within the confines of making the defense as successful as possible. Chip. I think that is the recipe for him being fired. I really do. I think this is, this is going to be so telling because it yeah. might, because the one way Mike keeps his job, I think, is if he does adjust and if he says, okay, you know what? Flexibility from my chair is the most important thing. I think he's got a chance to save his job. And by the way, to get the most from a team that I think is pretty good. So I, I am just so curious to see, cause that's so difficult for him. If he can make that step. Yeah. And how much did, um, is that predicated to on the defense being really good? the next four weeks. So if it's good and, you know, and they're able to limit these offenses, I think Mike's going to stay true to who he is. It's when, if they give up a lot of points and then you have to, if he's still trying to stay true to what he is and it's no, you got to get the shoot out here. You're going to have to open it up and and let Kirk kind of throw it around. That's where the conflict's going to come. Right. And I'm curious to see, you know, I wrote about this today, Judd, that, 
they brought in eight guys on defense yep. this offseason. Then you get Hunter, Barr, and and uh, uh, who else? Oh, Pierce back in Pierce. He didn't practice yesterday, so I'm not sure that's, you know, he's going to be available for this week. But, hey, this stretch is why you did this. Uh-huh. You you put a lot of money and a lot of uh, roster management into your defense. Well, here you go. It's time for that to pay dividends. And so they need to – this is why they did it, for offenses like this and for stretches like this to be a, you know, a high-level defense. And they're 10th in scoring defense. Let's see how they manage against you know these kind of quarterbacks and these kind of offenses. Yeah, I, I think the potential fly in the ointment here is Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson. being out because yeah. that – he has been, I think, really, really good, and he's a professional, and he stabilizes things back there, and now he, he's gone. And I think Dantzler can play, but that's a big leap from, from inactive in week one to starting yeah. now when, when you're going to run a gauntlet that's going to go, what, Dak, Lamar, who, by the way, can throw. Like, like this whole thing, yeah, he they're... can't throw. He can throw. Yeah. Um, Herbert, Justin Herbert, Herbert on the road. And then, oh, hey, let's – Let's finish this four game stretch up against Aaron Rodgers. So that's yeah. the that's the one where I think you I think internally you have to accept things might not go as well as we hoped defensively, but my answer to that is that's why you have this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, that, well that that's that's why it exists. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. And and you know, Andre Patterson said it yesterday. He's like, you're not gonna shut down. He was just talking about the Cowboys specifically, but um you might as well be saying the other three, but you're not just going to shut down this offense, you know, too many, too much talent. And so what, what their thing is don't give up the big explosive plays that are touchdowns. Right. I mean, don't give up the 60 yard. Right. But that might uh, be tougher now. It might be harder. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because tough. you're, you're, you're losing your, I mean, you're facing the highest scoring offense in the NFL without your best quarterback. Right. I mean, so that's, um, so it obviously is going to make it harder, but you're, yeah, you're right. And, the thing is, I think this offense is ready to – I don't know if they can match score to score with, with the best offense, but, I mean, use your weapons and find out, you know. I mean, you it, – it would be interesting if they just said, you know what, we're coming out slinging it against <laughs> the Cowboys. And, I mean, it would be a heck of a lot of fun, but just to uh, – so, you know what, we're not going to um, – we're not going to shy away from that type of game. And we're going to throw it to Jefferson and, and because I know Diggs has a lot of interceptions, but that Dallas Cowboys defense was terrible last year. And I know they have a new coordinator and some new faces and all that. So I don't think you have to be afraid to be aggressive against them. No, no. And, and so if I'm, if I am Jefferson, the one thing that I would come back from the, the buy saying is, is this, if anybody watched, the Bengals play the Ravens on Sunday. Okay? Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is really good, yep. but he is not like clearly the superior receiver to JJ. Like he, they're both really good. They they were teammates. Mm-hmm. They're both great. Um, what I saw from Joe Burrow, the Bengals offense, and the way that Jamar Chase is being used. If I'm Jefferson, I come back and I and and I throw that VCR tape, that beta tape, that DVR. I don't know what it is. And I say, this is what we should be doing with me. Now he wouldn't, mm-hmm. but I'm just, but, but Kirk Cousins is having a great year. Kirk Cousins has arm talent. He especially has arm talent deep. Like he is a good, he, we have never questioned for all that we've questioned Kirk. The deep ball is not 
something where we, we've said, yeah, he's not that great. No, he's good at that. Um, if you watch the trust that the Bengals put in Burrow, who, by the way, threw a bad pick in the end zone because of that trust, and yeah. the way that Jamar Chase is being used, don't come back and say, well, Justin Jefferson was covered. Uh, he was, he, you know, Detroit went to a Tampa two or, or Trayvon Diggs. Are you kidding? We can't throw at him. Don't tell me that. Watch Jamar yeah. Chase, watch Burrow, and there is no reason on God's green earth that Cousins and Jefferson can't be asked to replicate that with the same trust. Yeah, and, I mean, we've used their offensive line for how long as an excuse. Well, he has no time. And they can't let Ross develop and all that. Judd, they've only given up, what, nine sacks? No sacks last week or before the bye against Carolina. They're tied with Dallas, and Dallas is considered to have a great offensive line. The best offensive line, yeah. I mean, we looked at uh, pro football focus yesterday. Cowboys were the number one run blocking, number four pass blocking. Okay. So, I mean, they've given up nine nine sacks. So, I mean, the protection has not and, – and Zimmer said it's a combination of three things. The line's been better. Cousins is definitely getting the ball out of his hands faster. Yep. And uh, and then they've they've adjusted some schemes. He said early in the year they have like tight ends blocking it. Yeah. Or, or is it Kirk? Or the, or the offensive line? They're calling, they're calling you to wish you happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> by, by the way, it's your fiftieth. Let's pause right. the show. Let's pause the show. In fact, you know what? Let's pause this show for a, a second so I can extend you a birthday present because I know that Chip Scoggins would love a present. <laughs> Surly Furious IPA. It sponsors this show. You know, let's cut to the chase. It sponsors my life and Chip's life too. Because after work, when you're thinking to yourself, I need a nice, refreshing beer, Surly Furious IPA. Chip Scoggins, happy 50th. In fact, I will extend this to you virtually through the screen. I want thank you, you very have, much. I want you to have my standing can of Surly Furious. Well, I can I can promise you that there will be multiple Furiouses consumed later tonight. Uh <laughs> After my birthday dinner, so I love to hear that. In fifty, man, your life is just Thank starting. You. Things start to Thank hurt you more. Much. I will tell you That's that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but your life is just starting. Yeah. Thank you. No, so I, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I don't think the protection. We can't. I'm not saying they're perfect, and I'm not saying they're a Dallas Cowboys line, but they've shown with Darisaw in there that I think if that was anything that was holding. Uh, giving them reservations. Yep. I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's uh, lines fixed, but I think they can be more aggressive. And I think Mm -hmm. Cousins, uh, the way he's playing right now and with those wide receivers, and you have a third wide receiver now, um, I would air it out. And and I understand they're, you know, you have this just unbelievably talented running back and um, it is Zimmer's philosophy. We got to run the ball, but, uh, I, I've said for I've, I've come around to this side and thinking to the belief that this should be Kirk's offense and the passing game's offense, and then a supplement, not supplement, but it doesn't have to be so Dalvin heavy, right? Which is which is what cut him back from thirty carries per game to, to twenty two. Well, yeah, so it's not like you're eliminating him. It's just that you've got components now uh, that you didn't have previously across the board. And Kirk, if Kirk's going to play this way you have to start to trust him more. Like until yeah. he proves he can't do it, and then you can scale it back again. But, yeah. you know, Dalvin Cook doesn't need to carry the ball 30 times. He just doesn't. Most guys well, don't. 2021. Derrick yeah, Henry can because he's a freak. That, yeah. And he physically he's... He's uh, a physical freak, but he also yeah. rarely gets hurt. Like Dalvin mm-hmm. gets hurt. 
and that's the thing. We've already seen Dalvin injured this year, and he said he, the, the bye was great for him. And But this is, you know, how many games down the row you're going to have to play. You add on one with the 17th game this year, and so um, they're going to have to manage him down the stretch here so you don't just run him into the ground. He has nothing left if you do get to the playoffs. I made that point before, too, and I agree completely with you, but do you think they will? Because the Carolina game, he was clearly not mm-hmm. cutting great. Like, he still had a great game. But, you know, it it very obviously hurt him to put that foot in, in the ground, which is not yeah. surprising with a sprained ankle. And they didn't scale it back. Because I've been saying the same thing. Like, if nothing else, keep him. Because if he's out, the run game's still good. But the yeah. threat, but his threat is gone. And and his threat means a lot. Like, I, I am not, if I'm the Vikings offensively, I am not forfeiting the right to have the threat of cook by saying well we got but we got 33 carries against the panthers or something like that yeah i mean he he wasn't the same and 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 i assume the bye really helped um but no i don't think they'll change just because alexander masson is when he gets in there he does a good job but he's not dalvin right i mean he doesn't have that uh explosiveness even though we've seen some big runs from him Yep. So I think they just get in the game and in the heat of the moment and all this going on, you go with who you trust. I mean, it's just how coaches are. They're not thinking about, okay, I mean, I mean, I, bet, I guarantee you, you stop Zimmer in the early fourth quarter and ask him how many carries Dalvin has, he wouldn't have any clue. So it's, you know, I don't no. know that they're tracking that, you know, and so it's, it's, hey, we're trying to win a freaking game, you know. Right, but that's also in today's world sort of a problem. Like, I, I agree you shouldn't be obsessed, but you should have an idea of, of game flow. And I think I think you're correct, but I'd prefer that you have an idea of okay, you know what? He's a 22 carries or something like that. Um, and you know we've got Thielen, Jefferson, Osborne, Conklin to a certain point. So it's not like you don't have we we just what intrigues me about this offense in particular, Chipper, is the fact that for the first time in, in a long long time, you've got three viable receiving threats. Uh, you yeah. haven't had that for and 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 if. Westbrook can play. You got four guys that can catch the ball. You know what, Judd? If you had the same uh, same group, same offense, and an offensive head coach, how do you think it would look? Oh, completely different. Completely different. And I mean, how many carries? How many carries does Dalvin get? Eighteen to twenty. Eighteen. I mean, if you if you just flipped yeah. Kubiak and Kellen Moore, right? Like, just what what if you took. You took Kellen Moore and you put him in the Vikings as the Vikings OC. Like, would it would it still be the number one offense? Would he? Yeah, like to Judd's point, would Dalvin still be getting twenty eight touches well, you'd a have game? To, but it had, but it it starts with the head coach. I mm-hmm. mean, it'd have to be. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If if it, if it was if it was carte blanche, okay. Clint, do whatever you want. I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna turn the mic off. How many? You run it how you want. I I don't know. I don't I don't think it would be. It would be 30 carries. Would it be 18? I don't know. But it would. I think it would be. Uh, we're we're starting with the pass, and then we'll do the run. All right, Chip. Sean McVay tomorrow. You is traded <laughs> to the Vikings for Zimmer, who goes to the Rams. Sean McVay is in charge here. He knows Kirk. He's got he's got the exact same personnel and an offensive line that probably, at worst, as a whole, is average. Like it probably at worst they're average. They're not great. Um, at Brad, worst, I don't know. Brad, yeah, Bradbury's a mess. So, but I'm I'm saying you mean at best average or yeah. at best. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, at best, yeah, yeah. Yes, 
Sean McVay is in charge. What does this offense look like starting Sunday night? Yeah, I think I think what you said before, it's it's heavy pass, uh much fewer runs. Um just really trusting the quarterback and the wide receivers to to be the focal point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, we'll, if this was done if this was done with a lot of thought too, so like like let's say that, that the emphasis with this franchise right now was put on the offensive side of the ball. Think about this too. Dalvin Cook would be the perfect guy to make Justin Jefferson. Uh, so Dalvin Cook, the threat, play action, the potential yeah. for West Coast plays, the the star player would be Jefferson, and Cook would play a great supporting, incredibly important role. Um, yeah. Because Justin Jefferson should probably be targeted for two to three shots per per game. Yeah, and I, you know the thing. Dalvin, so there's how many running backs in the league where you say that every coach would be like, this guy needs, if not the focal point, he has to have a high workload. Derrick Henry, Dalvin, um, there's probably what, four, five, well, you know? Yeah, and a lot of them get hurt more, so they're gone. Like yeah. Saquon. Yeah. Zeke now has a partner, which I actually like. And and there and, are. And Pollard's averaging six yards a carry. Well, but that okay, that gets to a really interesting discussion. How many guys with what you just said? How many guys exist like that in today's league, but simply are not used like that because it's not how the game works now? I would put Dalvin in the special category. Obviously, Derrick Henry's in the special category. How many guys would you put in the special? I mean, it can't be ten of them because there's then it would be. Special. I would say three or four, maybe. I mean, Zeke, I mean, what, Zeke, Zeke was Zeke there, what? And, and now he's not. Barkley was going in that direction, and now he's not because he's been hurt so much. Um, but I do contend that there are guys who, if they were just used more, probably might go to that, but they're not used like that because yeah, it's that's not a good point. really common in today's game. Which, look, if Sean McVay took over the Vikings tomorrow, Alexander Madison would play more. And it might help Dalvin Cook. Yeah. How much of this, too, like we always hear, you know, Zimmer talk about. Dalvin's competitor. I'm sure he's on the sideline saying, I want to stay in. I'm getting warmed up, that type thing. And yeah, but you know, you trust the, you know, you trust that he's and especially if he's you know, you look what do you have against Carolina? 140 yards rushing on, yes. a, on a bad yeah. leg? Yes. So it's, you know, it's hard to take that guy out, you know. But it's and I I still in saying all that because I I you know, I think Dalvin's just really, really talented and but I still would do the throw to try to open up him versus the other way around, if that yeah. makes sense. Yes, it does. And I, I also think in a lot of offensive schemes today, Dalvin would catch more passes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I think he'd be used, but he would be used in different, different. ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but Jefferson, like, it, as I watched that Bengals game, Chip, on Sunday, I kept saying to myself, as good, I mean, and JJ stats are good, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's Like, I'm not saying he's not used. That's not that that's false to say that. But when I watched how Jamar Chase was being used, if I'm Jefferson, I'm jealous. Like that's how he should be used. It's funny, Judd. Sometimes I sit up in the press box and there'll be stretches where what was it? Uh Detroit where Jefferson had what six, seven catches in the first half. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and sometimes I'll think, I would throw it to him every play. Like literally every play throw it to Jeff. And I know it's not that simple. You <laughs> know, 
it's a lot more complicated than that, but it's like, I kind of look at it as like, I don't think you could throw it to that guy enough. Like there's no, there's no, no number of targets that are enough for him. Cause I think he's that good in that dynamic and that, um, uh, he just can't get open Correct. and he can, he can make plays. And so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, and again, it's not this simple, but I would throw it until they stopped him you know, and keep throwing it. Right. And I wouldn't allow them to dictate. So I, yes. I wouldn't say, well, they rolled coverage or they went to cover two or two high safeties. And so now he's done. Yeah. I would literally do what you just said and say, stop him. And then, and then if you stop him, I, I'm going to alter my plan again. That's the thing is, as cliche as this might be, imposing your will and in-game adjustments in the sport are yeah. absolutely crucial. And that's what you have to do. But you also then, to go back to Kirk, you have to trust Kirk to make the throws that you know he can make but are are risky. And if Kirk post by throws more picks, I'm not talking dumb picks. I'm not talking panic yeah, stupid yeah. picks. But if he takes some shots, for just aggressive picks, aggressive, aggressive. Picks, and they get picked off. I am not going to complain at Kirk one bit because that's what you need to do in today's league. I think to win some games. Yeah, and some of that is on him, right? There was a couple of weeks ago where he did the stat where he was way down the list, lower twenties in uh, yards per or uh, air no. air yards per really? attempt. So yep. he wasn't really, yeah. So he wasn't really throwing the ball down. So it it's on him. It's it's on Kubiak. To the to scheme it, but then on on Kirk too to say you know what, I might make a mistake, <laughs> I might throw a pick, but I, but I the the risk reward is high because you feel like Jefferson's going to win a lot of the time, and so if you happen to throw three more picks over six games, correct, live with it because you're probably going to get big plays that you wouldn't get playing it safe. So I think it's both ways, um, and I agree with you. Like it kind of drives me crazy. You're like, well, they went to too high safety. You know, we couldn't throw. I was like, scheme it open. I mean, how many teams run two high safeties in the NFL? And you can't just you can't just throw your arms up and say, well, yeah, we can't do anything against that. You know, a ton. And and there there is plenty of examples of teams saying you're playing too high. We're going to do something slightly different. And Justin Jefferson flat out catches passes at times when covered. And Kirk can throw to guys like like yeah. this is the National Football League. This ain't Friday night high school football. Um, guys can make those throws. Kirk can, and Jefferson can catch them. So yeah, or or get the uh, pass interference. Which, amen. That's That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, Prediction for Sunday. What do you think? A lot of people are very afraid of this game, and by that I mean our viewers and listeners keep saying they're they're terrified of this game. But what do you think? Yeah, this is a hard one. Um. I wish I knew if Pierce was playing because I think the line of scrimmage is going to determine this game. If the, if the Vikings defensive line can hold up and stop the run, I think they st- limit the run, not stop it, but you know, don't let them go crazy on you. I think they have a really good chance to win. If Dallas is able to establish the run, I think they're going to win. Um, that's a chicken way out of not making a prediction, but I, I think I'll do Cowboys in a close one. Uh, until I know if Pierce, if Pierce is playing, I feel better about them stopping the run. Dex, what do you think? I kind of think this is going to be a really, really fun shootout game. Um, I think I know Dak's a little hobbled, but I, I still think he's Dak Prescott and he's still a damn good quarterback. I think the, I think the Vikings do get a win here. I think they get a spooky win, pun intended on Halloween. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I will go 28, 24 Vikes. 
I think, I think it's going to be in the thirties. Mm-hmm. I, I think if it's not, the Vikings are in trouble. If it's not I, in the thirties, yes, I think they need to get it up there. I think they need. I think they need to outscore them. I think that they so need think to they outscore need, them uh, at home. They need a shootout. Yeah. Yep. And and Dax is right. You know the Dak the Dak calf, which I'm guessing he'll certainly start, uh, but that's going to slow him a bit. And so mm-hmm. so if that pass rush can apply pressure, and the secondary can hold up at all. But I still think that they're going to give up points. So, yeah, I'm going something like 32 for the Vikings. Like, I think you need to get – you're going to need to score. If you go there saying we're going to just stop them, I don't know if that's possible. So, but, yeah, I think the Vikings win here. I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think – I do think it's going to be a shootout. I don't – I just – I think with the Vikings secondary, that's a tall ask for those guys that wide receiver court. So I think they're going to issue it out. And, and I could see it going either way. I, was good, I, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Um, but I do think, the, the, to me, the Vikings defense line is the key. They have to have a huge game. Otherwise, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they lose their matchup, it's going to be really hard for that defense because you, if they're not getting pressure on Dak and he, he can't move around, then, it, then it's, you're going to hang that secondary out the drive. And yeah, stop the run too. Just for well, one. that's it. Yeah, stop the well, stop the bleep and run. Well, Andre, hey, Judd, Andre Patterson said that the other day. He said if we don't, if they can run it when they want and pass it when they want, we're in trouble. Yeah, but I, and and I'm you know the, the thing that drives me crazy now is it's not the big gains. It's like every time four yards here, three yards, the seven there. yards. Yeah, bring back the bring back the Williams bleeping wall, and so you run into it and you don't get a yard. You know that's what I'm second ten, second ten, yeah, second ten, yeah. not. Second and four, and now you run again, and now it drives me crazy. All right, Chip Scoggins, happy 50th. Thank you. Celebrate with plenty of surly furiouses. I know that you will. Welcome to the 50 Club. Don't be surprised (laughs) when your back starts to hurt more, your knees hurt some more, all of that good stuff. Talk to you next week, brother, and have a great one, okay? Appreciate it, bro. See you. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.